Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 177. Uh, I am your host, Brian Perlman, a level 3 from Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined tonight by my with my two fabulous co-hosts. Hey, this is Jess Dunks. I'm a level 3 judge from Atlanta, Georgia. And I am Brogan King, a level 2 from Richmond, Richmond Virginia. I promise I can talk. Alright, so, as I said, this is episode 177. Today we're going to be talking about... Um, how and what to study uh, for the L1 and the L2 tests. Uh, specifically, um, we're talking about this because Judge Center is not available. Now, for those of you that might not be aware of what Judge Center is, can uh, Jess Bergen, do one of you want to tell us what Judge Center is? Yeah, the Judge Center was uh, a resource <laughs> uh, that existed for judges to take practice tests, write reviews for each other, um, and find other judges. Now, two of those functions have more or less since moved to Judge Apps, but Judge Apps is independently run. It is not owned by Watsi, so they don't have the testing. So while Judge Center has been down, any of the testing stuff or learning stuff that was there has not been available. Like Jess said, we're able to do roughly everything that was in Judge Center in Judge Apps now, uh, including investigations, sort of. Oh, but yeah, that was there, too. My bad. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I th- this is our last functionality that we're still missing. Right. And so the way we've worked around this is we have a number of basically PDF copies of tests and when someone is ready to take their L1 or their L2, we those of those judges that have access to the test will pull one out, give that test to the candidate, they'll take it, we grade it all manually, it's not stored electronically or anything like that. Um, however, because these tests are in paper form, uh, they are you know, not reusable. The, the great thing about Judge Center is you could take you know, one or two or five practice tests over a period of time. Well, there's just not that many of them now. So a lot of people used those practice tests as a means to study. They'd sit down, they'd, they'd take the test, they'd see what they, they missed, and they'd use that kind of as, a, as a, a guide to help. There were also easy practice and hard practice that weren't related to the particular levels, uh, and those didn't even have a timeout, so if you took one and did well or poorly, you could just go right into the next one. And a lot of people used that as a means to study uh, there was the a, rules. There's the additional factor of the, uh, as, as the person sort of look at, like mentoring and tracking the progress of potential L1s and L2s, uh, the tests themselves were sort of a, a, way to figure out where your your judge candidates were at, where it's, okay, well, uh, just to sort of figure out a baseline of where you're at with your knowledge of the rules of whatever, here's here's this practice test, let's figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. I 100% agree with that, and I use that tool frequently and would tell people, hey, do this thing, I don't care if you pass or fail, but do this thing, come back to me with the results, and we'll figure out where you're at. Um, it, it I was also, surprised at the number of people that didn't ever do it once you gave them that task. And it, it kind of became, for me anyway, kind of level one of filtering. Yep. <laughs> was, yeah. are you actually going to go do this thing? And um, then come back with the results. 
Right. Um, and some people did. They'd be like, hey, you know what? I took this and it, it was really bad. Can you teach me all the stuff I got wrong? And you're like, all right, I guess we're going to do this. Well, let's look and, at all the stuff. Yep. That, that was yeah. another great, great tool, at least for the for the tester standpoint, is if you have someone that's like, yeah, I'm ready to take the L1. I'm ready to take the level two. Okay, go take a practice test. And because you, you, you tell them that it's like, no, I don't think you're ready to take the level one yet. Why don't you take a practice test and let's see where you are? And they get like a 40 or a 50 and you can be like, all right, see, we have, we still have stuff to work on. Exactly. I, I like, I like it, it took the subjectivity out of, out of the evaluation. Right. And it, it also, it also, do, it removes some of the opportunities to set yourself up to fail. If mm-hmm. you if you think you are if you think you are super prepared and it turns out you're not, this is a really is a low risk way to to figure that out without having to feel bad about failing a real test. Right. So, so in the in the absence of that, we talked about a lot of the stuff that's good about it, but we don't have that right now. So in the absence of that, well, now what? Now what do we do? <laughs> A, a super common question that we get is, hey, I'm studying for level one or I'm studying for, you know, I want to test for level two. What can I do to study? And so since the tests are gone, we need to we need to go elsewhere. So this breaks down into a question of instead of instead of having this one sort of catch all, we now have to to exert a, a little bit more effort into figuring out a baseline of what people find useful to study. And how what what sort of ways people learn? Uh, yeah, so look, looking at uh, doing a Google search because I don't think any of us are technically educators. I, no. I work no. for a university, so I can pretend really hard, <laughs> but I am yeah. not, in fact, an educator. <laughs> so obviously, I was kind of you know we all hear oh well, there's people learn in different ways. So I'm like okay, different different types of learning. Google Go. Let's break and out Google, the Google. Yeah, let's break out the Google. And Google will teach me what I need to know. And Google's like, oh, well, there's, here's an article on the three ways to learn. Here's an article on the four ways to learn. Here's an article on the seven or the 12 or the 24 different learning uh, paradigms. Are you saying you had to use one of the million ways to learn in order to learn the ways to learn? No, I just picked the one that said three because it was the smallest number. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I opened up the one that's like, oh, there's 24 ways. It's like, this is getting complicated, and I'm losing interest. You're really uh, breaking the fourth wall there, Brian. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I looked at I looked at some of the other ones. Like, the seven one actually had some pictures that were kind of neat. Um, but uh, ultimately, I, th- I think the... the the three ways that we're gonna we're gonna talk about is people that learn by uh, listening, people that learn by seeing, people that learn by doing. Um, that that seems to be a, an easy way to 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 kind of grok things, and it's actually also kind of analogous with the magic psychological profiles. You know, you got the the Timmy, the Johnny, and the Spike, and so you aren't necessarily one of these categories. You're you're not always a Johnny. You might be a Johnny Timmy. Um, so you might be someone that learns by seeing and listening, but but less so by doing. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the ways that you can you can study within these three categories, uh, but you're not necessarily confined to one of them. Can I can I ask you both which one of these or which combination of these things you think you are? What sort of learner you are? Um, 
I I'm almost a hundred percent. I would say a, a doing learner. I have a really hard time uh, picking things up through another means, um, but physically, like actually doing it, seeing it, and then immediately repeating the process so I can go through the motions is uh, is the way I, I tend to learn things uh, best. What about you? I'm I'm doing listening and. And what I mean by, by, by listening specifically is not necessarily like, and this is going to sound awful, not necessarily like listening to a podcast. I, I don't necessarily learn if you just like spout rules at me or something like that. But the way I learn is you give me a story with a point and I'll remember, I'll remember that story. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll remember, you know, Timba, arms open and what, what all that means. <laughs> just call back to the last episode. Um, and then, and then I've got to put it in practice because if I just, if I just hear the story, you know, yeah, it'll stick with me, but the apps, the, the practical application of it is what, is what for me cements it. I, I, I guess I'm the, the like weird one here. I, I can, I'm, I'm not a, not a, a doer. I'm not a learn by doer. I, I lock up and fear that I am going to be doing the thing wrong. Uh, so I, I, I am a seer, not like I see the future, but I, I like seeing things done and watching them and then asking questions and going from there and letting that internalize mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. mar- marinate for a while. Yeah. Let it, let it sit, sometimes take notes and then, and then proceed to do the thing. And um, hope you don't see a grim in your tea leaves or something. Right, exactly. It's a Harry Potter reference. It's I, a seer. I, it's a seer. I get it. I get it. Okay. Trelawney. Okay. She's got. She's got big glasses. Anyway, uh, yeah. I. I. People. It's. It's in the last several years. There's been this. This big like everyone learns better by doing stuff, and it's been. It's been not great for me because I am not good at that. Because uh, any. Any. Most of the learning I would be doing is overshadowed by the the fear of doing the thing poorly. Well, a lot a lot of the the stuff that you would study for a, a level 1 or a level 2 test when you when you're talking about doing uh like like for example, learning like how to team lead or something like that. That's something that requires doing, but team leading isn't on the level 1 or the level 2 test. <laughs> right. Uh Right. Well, what do so, we do? We want to start with with doing then. What sort of sure doing things we have? Okay, so one of, one of the easiest ways to to study, like one of the level one requirements, is to be familiar with with tournament the tournament structure, and mm-hmm. one of the best ways to learn that is is play in some tournaments, like play in your FNM, go play in a PPTQ at a GP, something like that. Learn what a match slip is, learn uh, what match points are and tiebreakers and that kind of stuff. And how yeah, that structure goes. Yeah. Like yeah. if you had a giant or... If you have... Uh, if you want to learn more about tournaments, whatever level you have participated in tournaments in the past, whether it's not at all, or only at FNM, or only at PPTQs. If you want to learn something, do that thing more, and do the next thing, whatever that is. The next step beyond that? The next step beyond that. Do that, um, because you're going to go, oh, wow, they do things differently here. This is different than it was before. Why is it Why is it different? How are the things better? How are things, things maybe better at a smaller level at the last thing I was doing? Um, 
smaller, I mean, like smaller participation numbers. Um, I, I, when you're doing things and learning by doing, doing different things and then like, hey, why is this thing different is an important question to ask. Instead of just accepting that a way is the thing how is how things should be done, right? Forever, exactly. All the time. Yeah. Or, and then somebody, asking those. Go ahead. I was going to say asking those questions is the important thing, not just of yourself, but of anybody that you that you work with. Being like, hey, I went to this Grand Prix or whatever, and they did things this way. Why did they do it that way instead of this other way? Or you go to a PPTQ and you go, hey, judge, you did things differently than this other judge who did things at this other PTQ. PBTQ. Why did you do it that way? And they might have a good answer for you. They might not have a good answer for you. But asking the question is the important part. Yeah. But like, Ruben, one, you were one of the say something things... and I interrupted you. Oh no, I was just saying that I've, I've had somebody reach out to me who's like, they're like, I want to be a judge because I want to help out this store to help them run events, and the store owner wants a judge. And I was like, okay, well, what what do you know about tournaments? How many tournaments have you been to? What do you know? What like what have your interactions with judges and judging and all that been? He's like, I've never met a judge. I've never been to oh, a magic tournament. Yeah. So I. So that's that's why we have the requirement of of judging two events before you can become a level one. We want to make sure that you actually have an idea and an understanding of what we want you to do. Yeah, just and having, to make sure that you like it. Baseline. Um. Another thing that that helps, and I, I realize that some listeners are probably going to roll their eyes at this, uh, but playing EDH is actually a pretty decent way of learning uh, rule interactions. Like, you're going to get more complicated card interactions in a game of EDH than you are in your typical, in your standard, standard event. Uh, especially if you have one of those players that likes to do <laughs> weird things. To just giggle at all the the mayhem they cause. To be fair, if someone is listening to this podcast, they are probably one of those players. That's yes, there's a very good chance. <laughs> That's yes. fair. I I can accept this fact. Sure, it's it's we we know we know who we cater to, right? We um, we accept our our niche, right? Um, another way is this is this is even for someone who's going for level one and more so for someone that's, that's going for level two is also doing events, you know, getting into the rhythm. You're going to encounter, uh, you're going to encounter missed triggers. Like if you're, if you're helping out as a floor judge at a PPTQ, you're going to encounter missed triggers. If you're helping out at, at, uh, the FNM, you're going to eventually encounter uh, a bribery situation. Or maybe a cheating invest uh, a cheating situation. You're going to encounter them after you do them uh, several times. Uh, so that's a, a great way to learn how to uh, how to deal with a bribery situation is, is to it's, mess it up the to first deal time. With it. Right. Right. The yeah the 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 downside to this sort of method the the just go out and just do it is that there are sometimes bits that aren't always going to come up that are still relevant to know, but if they don't come up, it's hard to be aware of them if you're just doing the same old thing. Like, there are there are certain things that, that rules or certain tournament issues that may come up that, that, that may be relevant to know, but have never come up at any of your tournaments. Mm-hmm. Right. You might go several events, several... Com- 
competitive uh, events before you run across a missed trigger that requires a warning. Or uh, you might go 10, 15 events before you encounter a limited procedure violation. Or right. 20 events twenty events for a CPV or... Oh, man. CPV. I think you're going to hit CPV. If you're paying attention, you're going to hit CPV way before you hit limited procedure violation. <laughs> that's, yes. that's all. I know. As soon as I said 15 and then I went to 20, I was just like, oh, oh, oh got to flip those numbers. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, are, there, are there any other methods that you want to talk about about doing the best? The best way uh, to actually learn how to do something is actually, and this is this seems a little counterintuitive, is to teach someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mainly because they'll ask you questions that will force you to have to go learn how learn how that works. So the the act of teaching someone else. Which is actually, in a lot of ways, what we do here on JudgeCast is, uh, it's really helped us in a lot of ways, is, okay, we're going to do an episode on copy effects. Okay, um, what are things that people are going to want to know? And we have to sit down and we have to, we have to learn, and we then have to come up with examples and, and stuff like that in order to convey that information. So, and then when you're, you're actually face-to-face with someone and they can interact with you real-time and ask questions... It's a great learning tool. Uh, you know, the preparation that you have to go in and then the unexpected curveballs that they're going to ask you that you hadn't considered. Right. Like the, the, the first question that you have when you're learning about magic or whatever is not necessarily the same first question that someone else is going to have. And maybe their question is something that you haven't even thought about at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and jumping to, to my experience with teaching someone else, um, I've, used that to teach somebody how to do a process. Somebody was like, I want to get better at mentorship. And I went, and and I was like, I don't know how to make you better at mentorship. (laughs) And somebody else suggested, make them teach you things. And so I did. At at an event, I went, hey, uh, I'm going to pretend I don't know anything about how to do deck checks. Teach me how to do deck checks. And that worked for two things. The first one was it taught this person more about teaching, and I got to give them feedback on that. And the second thing was, I got to find holes in what they didn't know about this topic and be like, hey, you didn't mention this thing. Did you know this thing? And turns out they didn't. Uh, That's really so, good. So I've, I've had the experience of saying, hey, you know what? We're going to have fun today. You're going to you're gonna teach me about how to do this. Now, I don't do this with somebody who has no idea how what they're doing, right? Like this needs to be somebody who has an idea of what's going on around them. Who already has some sort a, of baseline established sense of what's going on. Right. But I think it's a really good tool for if you're teaching somebody else, once they have learned something, be like, all right, now teach it to me. Um, uh, it's really great for, for learning where, where somebody's knowledge gaps are or just teaching them about teaching things. I like it. Um, there's also, uh, I don't know if we've brought up yet, uh, knowledgeable scenarios that are that you can find on uh, Judge Apps. Uh, basically, they once... Once a week, once every couple of weeks. I'm not sure how often they post. Uh, there will be a scenario, a, either a hypothetical scenario or something that has happened that was particularly interesting and say, okay, here's a thing. Uh, how would you handle this judge call? And lots of people have lots of different opinions. Lots of discussion is had. And even if you aren't answering the question at the time, at least going back and seeing what the discussion was is, is pretty neat. Um, more, more recently, uh, they've added, there's been a, uh, 
an announcement of something called a JTQ, a Judge Tournament Qualifier, which is exists as a way to provide um, L1s that are looking to become L2, but for some reason have not been able to get the opportunities to work a comparable event with another judge. Uh, these are uh, almost like almost very similar to conference workshops in the sense mm-hmm. of they're very controlled. They have very specific scenarios designed to represent uh, issues or rulings or complications that might arise at a PPTQ and you role play uh, that situation. It might be uh, it might be a cheating investigation. It might be a regular missed triggers call. It might be a you know, an, a discussion with the TO where you want to DQ a person and the TO doesn't want you. I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I don't know if that's an actual scenario, <laughs> but but like you want to DQ a guy and the, and the TO's like, well, no, that guy buys a lot of stuff. He's, he's, he's here all the time. He's here all the time. Like, I think that would be a great scenario. Um, but yeah, those those are role play scenarios that are that are worked out that where you are performing an action. Uh, and then you're with some other people, and there's a conversation that takes place afterwards about what went well, what didn't go well, what could be improved on, and then it's round robin. So it's it's pretty it's pretty good uh, uh, for for learning uh, for conference workshops. Uh, there's been a few that I've participated in from an investigation side, and they're even participating in there as one of the players. Uh, you learn you learn a fair amount just even just how other people do investigations and, and things that they might angles that they might take that you hadn't considered yeah just just seeing like just being i think this is going into the the seeing category here but it's it's at conferences there will be a lot of there, there will be workshops where it's like judge calls live sometimes and even if you're not the one taking the the judge call, it's still an interesting experience to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think the ability to watch, um, you know, I'm really a fan of doing, and I guess we kind of did this in a backwards order, but, but before you can do, you do have to learn it somehow. You, you don't get thrown off the deep end unless you're really crazy. I might be really crazy, but generally you don't <laughs> get thrown off the deep end and just do it without, without somebody telling you how to do it first. Uh, and I think seeing is um, there's a way a lot of people get that. They, they, they like to watch other things happen. Maybe their first experience with a judge call is seeing a judge come to the table and, and take a judge call. Um, and I think that, um, that's kind of, it's kind of a very important method. And Brogan, you were saying that seeing is kind of, uh, your thing, right? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I will, I will look at, at least initially for me, it's the, okay, uh, just do this thing. Or walk me through the thing and let me ask you questions before I try to do something. Um, so I, I think we with the with the instances of the workshops at a conference, that's a way to uh, if you're if you're just watching, that's a way to participate without doing, but at least seeing a thing happen. Also, watching other calls happen. Like shadowing calls, I think is one of the most useful things that I did when I was learning how to be a judge. I don't know about you guys. 
You mean just just watching another judge take calls? Mm-hmm. I I went so to that's... I went to events and watched lurked over judges' shoulders like a creep. That's a great way to learn. It's it's really important to be able to uh, to see those again, just like with the doing. I really want to emphasize the, the the important bit here, I think, is the interaction. When you watch and you learn things, or when you do and you learn things, you need to ask questions afterwards. If there was something you didn't understand, talk to that judge and, and be like, hey, you took this call. You did this thing I have never seen before. Would you explain it to me? Or, is that really how that works? I didn't know that. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, I, I think these are questions that are very important if you're shadowing judge calls is, is to have that kind of feedback. The, the communication afterwards. after. Yes. Yeah. They, also, make sure the judges know you're shadowing them. Don't, like, literally <laughs> just lurk behind them like <laughs> some kind of creepy stalker. So when Don't they mind turn me. Around, <laughs> oh, hey, friend. Guess you didn't see our fear. Um, yeah, exactly. Also, <laughs> they, you just turn around constantly. Yeah. Just keep everyone on their toes. Um... Something that I think it was, all, again, also very useful for me um, was when I was learning to judge, there was a lot of communication on, like, Facebook and social media with the judges in my area and judges I had worked with just talking about judging and rules. And now a lot of uh, places have, like, a Slack channel for their region or different chats or... Facebook groups or things like that of just talking about judged things. And I think that counts Uh as a a seeing thing to me is just, even if you're not actively participating in a discussion about a policy question that someone has brought up, it's watching that, watching that conversation and seeing what people are talking about and hopping in if you have something to say. So, so let's kind of gotten into it so moving moving into just seeing so seeing is is more passive than doing as the name would imply uh seeing is often a lot of times it can be uh interactive in the case of hey i'm watching how another judge does things i'm interacting i'm interacting with other judges but it can also be something that's that's very passive um there's a ton of resources out there uh, that exist that you can go and use to get information um, that websites and cla- class work, and I'm doing air quotes with that. So <laughs> there's there's a there's a website um, called Cranial Insertion that comes out every Monday, and it is 15 to 20 questions that have been either asked on IRC or asked on their their Twitter account or, or something like that ask the questions, and then they give an answer. So you can actually use that as kind of like a little mini test if you want. Cover up the answer, read the question, answer it, then look at the answer and see if you got it right. And then if you did, great. If you didn't, great also because they have an explanation and you can read it and then you can understand it. It's funny because that uh, cranial insertion is actually how the person who taught me how to play magic uh, became basically fell in love with the rules of magic. So it's, I think that's Hmm. a a neat thing. Um, There's also a series of different love lessons about uh, different magic topics uh, at mysticaltutor.org, which is really cool. So there's different, all kinds of different things. You can see little presentations about, um, I remember when that was first 
when Mr. Joe Hudo was first putting that into action. I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, so that's it's it's a I forget the platform that it runs on, but it's it's similar to like PowerPoint slideshow. Prezi? And Prezi is what it's called. Uh, at least I know he was using Prezi a while ago. I don't know if they're still using Prezi. But it's a, it's a series of, of slides on, on assorted topics. You can pick a topic and go look at the material that they've got presented, and I believe there's questions at the end that reinforce the lesson that, you, that you've that you learned. Does it does it look like a PowerPoint? It's like PowerPoint had an older brother that was edgier and went to art school? <laughs> That's I, a really good description of Prezi. I thought so. <laughs> and with uh, that, has any, so has moving on. Has actually ever read, like, the rules to learn. Read the rules of magic. Yeah. To, yes. To, I, yep. I I know somebody who was who was doing uh, flashcards with like keywords and stuff, um, and that was so baffling to me. I was like, I don't understand. Yes, that's that's I did that with um, uh, when I first learned the rules of magic. Uh, that was all I knew to do with the rules of magic was to, to I didn't have any other resources. I just went through and and read rules. Um, and when I was, uh, like, I, I talked to somebody about becoming a judge eventually, and they were like, okay, well, here are the things you need to know. And so I went to those sections of the rules, and I made flashcards of those things, because they told me that's what you need to know. And so that's that's how I learned the layers, and that's how I learned the steps of casting a spell, and that's how I learned um, the IPG and all of the infractions, because at the time that was necessary for a level one judge. And... Uh, I just made flashcards of all of these things before I actually went to go work an event with these judges. They told me I needed to know this, so that's how I learned it. Aww. Okay, okay. I got I got a hilarious story. Back when I was a level one, I was training up a, a another level one, and I had told her one of the things that she needed to know was she needed to know the the state based actions, have them down backwards and forwards. So fast forward a week. We're, at, we're working a PTQ together. Uh, ben McDowell is, is the head judge, and he asks her if you know if she can name some some, some state based actions. And she says, "Yeah, do you want them backwards or forwards?" And oh my gosh, Ben's, Ben's like, "What?" And she says, "Well, Brian said I had to know them backwards and forwards, so I've got them memorized backwards and forwards. Which <laughs> way do you want it?" And Ben's like, "Backwards, please." And she was like, "Blam, blam, 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 blam." And then Ben was like, hey, Turner, come over here. Turner comes over and he's like, do that thing with the backwards state-based actions again. Wow. Right, that's- well, I'm, I'm looking at this this list, and most of the resources that we talk about, like like JudgeCast, uh, Cranial Insertion, uh, Mystical Tutor, uh, we're going to talk about a few few other things in just a moment. They didn't exist when we started. It was... Yep. Literally, your only two options to study were the comprehensive rules and, you know, latch on to a, a, an L2 and, right. and don't let go of them. Those were, uh-huh. those were really your only two methods to, to learn. So, we've Yeah, you kids and your fancy Prezi technology. Hey, I was, right. I, I was, I was pre-Prezi, alright? You were pre-Prezi? Okay. Pre-Prezi. Uh, so, so, go ahead. I was I was going to say, is there anything? Uh, I know we had a couple more resources we wanted to go over for seeing, um, so let's hit those real quick and then move on to listening. Uh, so we had uh, first of all the, the I see the AIPG in here. Brian uh, has 
kind of made a plug for that, I guess. Uh, did you want to talk about the AIPG real quick? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the AIPG and the, the AMTR, which is not, it's, that's currently headed by a judge named Travis Coffin. Hi, Travis. Um, the, uh, the AIPG and the AMTR are annotated versions of those two documents, both the Infraction pr- uh, Procedure Guide and the Magic Tournament Rules. And what it attempts to do is you will have a, a phrase or a sentence that's pretty dense in either one of those documents, and the annotated version of it will actually then have a sentence to a paragraph explaining, okay, let's unpack this phrase and let's understand what it what it means. So if you read something uh, involving, you know, how to do a price split in the finals of a PPTQ and you have trouble understanding it, you can go to the AMTR and read the annotation for that section where they explain in more plainer speak uh, what that section is trying to do. And it's really good for helping to gel things, uh, you know, with examples and, and such like that. And, you know, pointing out, you know, these words here are have specific meaning. Right. Uh, and that- even even adding something small to the well, while some of us can say, well, we can just add that to the IPG, even adding you know, one sentence to every section of the IPG. We want to keep the document as as minimal, but still useful as we can. Right. It's That's a big challenge with the IPG, is just making it still concise. Right, exactly. Um, and then, uh, I see here in our notes something called the, ju- the Judge School. The, what is this? The yeah. S- uh, it's a, it's a, a site that's got a, a, a Russian domain uh, but <laughs> what, not, what is the not, site first of all well i i have i have some difficulty because apparently McAfee web advisor uh yells at me anytime i try and go there but what it does is it has material on you know if you want to know what missed triggers are if you want to know what state-based actions are what happens is it kind of lists them and it gives cards that are examples of them and uh it's kind of a, a neat layout where they go through the rules for certain things, and it's almost like an annotated IPG for certain parts of the rules. So, like, state-based actions will go over, they'll have a rule that lists, you know, here's here's what the rule is for state-based actions, and then here's four cards, and here's some examples, and here's, you know, some interactions between them that illustrate those state-based actions. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we'll yeah, have a link cool. to that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we will have a link to all of the resources that we mentioned in the show notes, which means this will be one of the longest show notes that we have had. So be sure to Ooh. check that out on judgecast.com. There's a plug for that. It, that link will not be in the show notes. Just saying. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You but, heard that? Uh, it won't be in the show notes. Won't speaking be in the of, show notes. Well, speaking <laughs> of hearing things, you see where I'm going with this with this segue here? It's, uh, it's about our final style of learning here, uh, listening. So what you're doing right now, if you are hearing what we're saying about learning, is listening. Is it is it bad to list our, our own selves as a as a resource for Not listening? Not at all. Not at all. We're actually for we should have done listening first and last. Uh, both bookended it with Judge Cast. Um we are we are podcasts are a great way to listen. We are uh the the, the Judge Podcast, if you will, but we're not the only Judge Podcast, believe it or not. Um, there are Judge Podcasts in other languages. Uh, the only one I know of off the top of my head is uh, Coasis and Vivo, 
which is a uh, Spanish language judge podcast, and I uh, don't know if so there are any that are that. what I wouldn't have pronounced it. Hue, hue, however, I would have been Hueces? like ju- juice, juices. Oh no! no I, I mean, I, at uh, GP Mexico City, that was definitely how they pronounced oh, it. Uh, otherwise, okay. I would not know. Thank I mean, you, uh, it's, it's not juices. I can tell you that it's not juices. It's definitely not juices. Um, so uh, there are probably other foreign language podcasts that I don't know about for judges. Um, there have been a few uh, English judge podcasts that have been kind of stop, start and stop that haven't really had much consistency. Um, but uh, if there are any that I don't know about, I would I would love to be informed. So if you know of any, please let us know. Yeah, listen um, to listening to other judges talk. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things, Juices in in vivo, Juices. Uh, so they're up to I want to say they're around episode forty right now. So they've been they've been going for a while, and so we have we haven't mentioned them before because. While while they are another while they are another podcast, um, I, I can't li- like me personally. I, I can't listen to it and and know what they're saying. Uh, so obviously not. You wanted to pronounce it <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That tells us a lot about your knowledge right. of Spanish language. Jueces de vivo, vivo. That's the the little the the mage in one of the Final Fantasy games, right? Um, oh no. <laughs> so. Um, uh, it's not Brian. It's not. Uh, it's Vivi. Vivi. Anyway, they're either at episode thirty-nine or episode forty. Uh, definitely recommend uh, uh, checking them out. If you if you would not pronounce that word juices, yeah. If if you're capable of listening to the podcast and having, right. the, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to be like it's it's kind of one of these things. I know it's good, but I can't verify that other than the fact that other people have told me, other people that I trust have told me that it's good. And that it's still a show that exists. Right. Um, which which that in and of itself is is pretty amazing. Exactly. Um, other things you can listen to other than podcasts are, you know, the opinions of the people whom you respect. So mm-hmm. if, you have a, if you have a mentor that you've been working with or other judges in your community, just Talking to them and hearing what they have to say about judging, or and I think I think that can all of these things again kind of loop into each other depending on how you want to act on it. But just talking to to other judges and listening to what they have to say is is so important. Yeah, and this this yeah, could, this could go on. I was just going to say that um, paying attention to the people who know more than you, whether it's magic judging or anything else. Paying attention to them with without kind of while seeking understanding, so to speak, right? They, I've, I've had people that I've worked with who had an attitude of they they were trying to always catch me and saying something wrong or trying to always, um, you know, getcha, getcha, yeah. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about learning from people. Um, people are human and they will make mistakes, but people that are more experienced than you at a thing are whatever the thing is are awesome people to listen to and talk to about about that thing, in this case, magic judging, and you should do a lot of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that too often we, we, we don't. We kind of just go our own way. Um, instead, you should get together with your mentors or other judges who you 
have things in common with or, or you want to talk to about judging, uh, whether it's um, uh, on Skype or some other medium or getting together with other judges at like a conference, for example. Judge conferences are a great way to get to know other judges in your region and to learn things by listening and sometimes seeing and occasionally doing. Hey, so are you saying to not be Fleetwood Mac, Jess? Yes, that is exactly what I am saying. I don't, I don't get the reference. He said going your own way. You could go your own way, yeah. Um, got See, I, I don't get old movie references, but I get old music references. Oh, wow, we've brought, we've brought this in, the times they are a-changing. Hey. Oh. Uh, um, okay. Is there any, are there any things, any more seeing, doing, listening things? Other than again to 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 pop back to all of again all of these things sort of loop into each other. Like you can watch something and then say, okay, now I'm going to do that thing. Then you can listen to somebody talking about how to do that thing better and just optimize from there. Yeah, uh, all of that makes sense, and I think I think you're going to find a lot of information about if you search on the internet about how to learn and what it means to learn. And I think it's probably all going to fall into those three categories. So before before we talk about like. The, the specific stuff that you need to know for the level one and the level two tests. Uh, I do want to talk briefly about uh, what I call uh, pushing versus pulling information and, and what, which method I think will, will make you more successful. And what I mean by that is uh, pushing, pushing information is where you're relying on someone to present the information to you um, maybe not necessarily you have a specific goal, but uh, you're relying on just almost almost someone or some site just feeding you information. Whereas pulling is more of a targeted, I need to know X, uh, I'm going to go seek out information on X and pull it down towards me. So so it's at least in my mind it's 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 more targeted now. Now, both have advantages and disadvantages. For example, uh, uh, in order to pull information properly, you kind of have to know what you need to know about. So you need to know that mistriggers is a thing, so you want to pull that information. You need to know that you don't understand HCE, so you go do that. You need to understand that you don't understand how. You need to understand that you have a problem with replacement effects, so that you can go seek out that you know how to do that. This is another thing that requires a, in order to pull effectively, you need to have a baseline knowledge set established to get any sort of meaningful information. Right. Now you can go, you can go pull that also, but you have to know where to pull that from. Um, now, now pushing of information, you're, you're kind of relying on a third party or another party to figure out what you don't know and, and, and provide that information and they don't necessarily know, so they're going to try this scattergun approach, and you might spend an awful lot of time, and if the mentor gets busy with life or just needs to take a break or they have events that they come up, you stop learning. That's, that's kind of one of the differences on a, on a pull. You control, you control the pace of, of the learning on a push situation, the other, the other entity, whether it's the cranial insertion website or the mentor or the, the, the JudgeCast podcast, um, you're relying on that to push that information on you. And, and if it's not actively being pushed on you, you're not, you're not learning. So, uh, right. I, 
I tend to think that that pulling the information, if you can figure out a framework to find figure out what you don't know, pulling the information is is better because a it's showing initiative um, and you're continually uh, uh, learning at at the at a pace that you can manage. Right. You you work with the timing and and to- topics that work and matter to you in that moment. Also, as a, no. as a mentor. I was going to say it shows me that it shows me that you care. Like if you're if you're coming to me asking me specific questions, that's much better than than you just kind of sitting there waiting for me to come in and say like, "Hey, how do you feel about you know uh, intervening if clauses?" So now that we've discussed the the push versus versus pull thing, one of the things you mentioned was that in order to pull information, you need to know what you're looking for. So. Um, one of the things we wanted to talk about in this episode was, well, what am I looking for as I'm studying for each of these each of these tests? Um, so, where do we want to start? I guess we should start with L1. Sounds good. Seems good to me. Okay. So there are a few things you need to know uh, for the L1 exam. Um, the basics of the L1 exam are. Um, the, the basic rule book, which is a weird thing to say, uh, but there actually <laughs> is, is such a thing as a basic rule book. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, and I'll try to find a link to the basic rule book and put it in the show notes. Um, Sweet. The magic tournament rules, especially section two, section 10, and appendix B. Um, section, it's, that's the tournament mechanics. Like uh, the play draw rule and match slips and stuff like that. Uh, I see. Uh, okay. Ten is ten, and section ten is the sanctioning rules, like how many the minimum number of players that you need for uh, for F and M for two headed giant event, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then how to how to pair people players. And as also the uh, judging at regular rules enforcement level guide, which is a a policy document for judging well at regular rules enforcement level. Now, anytime we mention a policy document of some kind, whether it's the tournament rules, judging a regular REL, or the IPG, you can find this at the Wizards Play Network Document Center, which is a really long URL, or you can just go to judgecast.com slash docs. <laughs> That's D-O-C-S. You can go there, and it will redirect you to that page, because uh, I can never remember what it is. So I made that for my own convenience, and you can benefit. Um, I, I have Googled that page so many times. <laughs> so many times. Yeah, that's why that's why I made it uh, <laughs> because uh, because wizards dot com uh, slash docs used to be a thing and then they took it away and then I immediately made the judge cast one. So what what do you need to know from a rule? The basic rules, okay? That was what all does that entail? Since that seems kind of you know it's a two word phrase, but it means a lot. What all does that mean? Uh, I mean, it means so you've got to know the general game concepts, like what is a magic card. What is on a magic card? What are the types and parts of the card? Um, wh- what are the different zones in the game? What is the turn structure? Um, you have to understand the combat phase and how that works, in, in specifically how damage works. Basically, when uh, you can do what in combat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to understand how to cast a spell and activate an ability. What is the process that's used for that? What are the steps? The same for triggered abilities. Um, how do you resolve things? You need to understand how to determine a, uh, the power toughness of a creature from all the derived information, how replacement effects work, what, what state-based actions are, 
Um, and, you know, the basics of Two-Headed Giant, for example. Um, let's see how stuff is copied uh, and the basic keywords that you're going to find in standard. As far as tournaments go, you need to know, um, you need to be able to help players, educate players with, with common things uh, and problems that they're going to have at events. So that means being able to take a judge call at a table and actually teach somebody something and not just be like, this is the answer, this is how it works, this is what the policy says, but actually be fun and educational with people. Um, on the other hand, sometimes you're going to have to deal with players who commit serious problems and you need to be able to actually deal with those. Those problems include things that you would normally get disqualified for, such as aggressive behavior, bribery, and wagering. Cheating. Those things are not normally, uh, not ever, I shouldn't say normally, not ever allowed <laughs> at a magic tournament. Let's see what else is there for level one judges. You need to understand how sideboards work in limited and constructed, um, especially at events that don't use deck lists. So if there's how... continuous construction or something like that. Exactly. Uh, and all the stuff about how tournament structures, match, stru- match structures, and sanctioning uh, sa- sanctioning rules for events work. You know, all of that stuff, you need to understand those things well enough that you can run events at a local store on your own without help. Now, I, I do want to go through... So Jess just went through a, a long list of things. Yeah. Um, long that's, list. That's, that's not a list of things that we made up. Okay, we we didn't we didn't sit down and be like, well, what kind of stuff's on the level one test? And then we just wrote down what we what we thought. Uh, that list was was actually com- comprised by uh, Brian Shank, who uh, was was the judge who was in charge of creating the tests. So if, when you were in you know high school or college and you asked, <laughs> hey, what sort of material are going to be on the test? That list is what's going to be on the test. So if you went if you mm-hmm hit rewind and go back three minutes and listen to all of the items that Jess said, those are the things that you need to know for the test. And also, you, you, if, you, if you cannot, if, if you want a written down version of this, if, if listening doesn't work for you to, to remember, uh, where can these people, where can people find these lists? Oh, this li- these particular lists are in, in, on Judge Apps in the community corner forum and they're stickied so they're at the top of of the community cor- the community corner forum within judge apps that has a lot of or sounds in it forum anyway. or judge yeah so level um, <laughs> sub- subjects covered subjects covered for the level 2 exam uh, whereas in level for level 1 we had the basic rule books uh, for here for level 2 we have the comprehensive rules which is only 300 <laughs> pages longer. Um, <laughs> not just, it's, not, a, that's not, it's actually only like 140 pages longer. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm old. I got to print big font so I can read. Um, <laughs> the, the, the MTR, whereas level one focused on two or three sections for L2's whole thing is fair game. And then the magic and fraction procedure guide, which is 18 ish pages now. Uh, it's it is the the competitive version of the jar. Uh, so the the rules that you need to know now this is um, in addition to everything that you needed to know for the level one. This is you need to know uh, again the turn structure and what happens in those uh, what the steps and phases and what happens in those steps and phases. You need to have combat down. What happens in each 
part of uh, of the combat phase, what can be st- uh, skipped, um, steps to casting a spell, uh, which is also carryover from from level one, uh, actions taken when triggered abilities are put on the stack, what needs to be announced at what time versus what happens when it resolves, determining the characteristics of the permanent, um, type, subtypes, power, toughness, copy effects, control effects, all that good stuff, um, how one-shot effects work, how they're different from continuous effects, how continuous effects work and how they're different from one-shot not. Um, how continuous effects wow. <laughs> and then we just get caught in the loop forever. Yes, then it's just a forever. Uh, uh, un- but then eventually, I have to break the loop and go on to the next item on the list, hey. uh, which is the interaction of replacement and prevention effects, uh, identifying the affected object, um, how the game handles state-based actions, um, copying a permanent or a spell, what an item's copyable values are. Um, so again, we have two-headed giant. Oh, we love us our two-headed giant. It really is played a lot more than than we, we kind of goof on it a little bit, but it's it's really playable. People, people love two-headed giant, yeah. Right. right. Um, let's see here. Uh, all of the evergreen keyword in action. So this is where we're not just focused on uh, standard anymore. We're breaking out into. Uh, the, the evergreen keywords may some some modern abilities, uh, keyword actions that are present in the various formats, standard to modern. Uh, legacy is not necessarily uh, you're not expected to know legacy, but you are expected to know modern in terms of the abilities and keywords. Um, the ability to I didn't, now we get into the policy stuff uh, for the infraction guide, be able to identify an infraction and what the appropriate penalty is. Um, what the appropriate remedy is for an infraction. What's the player communication policy? What are tournament shortcuts? Uh, what's the pregame procedure? What's the end of match procedure? Um, sideboard use, again, carryover from, from level one. And then uh, sideboard policies at limited limited events. So again, that's a whole big list of things. And in reality, going over these lists... There's judge cast episodes for almost all of them. So yes, that's convenient. true. It's almost like um, we know that judges need to know these things. Fancy that. Yeah. Um, so while we just went over, I guess Jess and Brian, I got to avoid all the talking. Um, good job, me. Uh, you get to you get to tell us all about the level three stuff. I'll get right on that. Uh, <laughs> that, that being said. Um, we talked a lot about what, like, sort of the information concepts that are going to be on tests. Um, but just for for your knowledge, uh, please don't talk about the exact details of what are on your tests. That information is confidential. So don't talk about what was on your test with people who are not the person giving you the test. Brian so mentioned right, right now. Where we only have a few copies. Yeah, right now it's especially important. Um, Brian mentioned um, you can go to judgecast.com and see all of the stuff that he just talked about. There's an episode for most of it. And, and all of it's under the Learn to Judge link at the top of the top of the page. Um, so check that out as well. We should, probably should have mentioned that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Oh, well. Life goes on. All right. So, uh... Anything else we want to say about tests in, in, in conclusion, sort of? 
I think we're good. To, to wrap up our thoughts. No, good. And, no, and then, uh, I am a just, terrible test taker. I'm sure we, we will do, do some, some discussion on actually taking tests at some point. Um, but uh, I don't want to get too deep into that right now. This is mostly about learning the information. Yeah, I am a, I am a great test taker, which is sometimes not great. And gets me put into situations that are not great. Uh, but, uh, again, no, I'm, ever, ever, I'm ever, curious. I, I tested into a college class I should not have tested into. Oh, anyway. Well, I was, I was going to try and save it for the after show conversation and tease like, well, maybe we can get a Patreon where we can release the Brogan story of how taking a test got her into trouble. <laughs> well, well, you, you, you still haven't heard the story. <laughs> you still haven't heard the, the story about, uh, who knows, to be continued. <laughs> Uh, nice. Uh, at any rate, um, again, everyone learns in different ways. Not every solution is going to work for everybody. If you have a thing in mind that has been particularly useful to you for studying with without having practice tests around, let us know. We having having more resources available for us to to let people know about is is only positive. Yeah, please. Please be sure to, to send us that information. And when we find more useful resources, we will definitely bring them up. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that being said, uh, I, I guess I just I want to close off by letting everybody know that they can visit our webpage, which has been referenced several times, judgecast.com, to find our archive as well as the Learn to Judge section. You can follow JudgeCast on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast. On Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast. You can also find us on Tumblr and several other, uh, several of the social media sites. Uh, find us wherever you get your podcast. Rate us there if they have ratings. And even if they I don't, would... find a way to give us a rating. <laughs> do it, <laughs> do us it a, anyway. If they don't have ratings, give us a ratings on iTunes. Um, <laughs> it's a replacement effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I've had a great time. My name is Jess Dunks. I keep it fair. I am Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Perlman, and I keep doing and listening, but I'm not seeing. No, never. Never.